0: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to be back here at First Community. Uh, it has been a few years. Um, but, uh, and a lot has happened during those times, both for you all and for us. Uh, as, uh, Steve might have mentioned, we, we ministered and fellowshiped and enjoyed life here in Dallas for over 50 years. And a year ago, God was very, very clear that it was time for us to move to the Texas Hill Country. So, uh, sorry about all you people that still live in the city. Uh, but we're enjoying that. It was a hard transition for us uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but we are now seeing the providence of God in uh, moving us there. Not only are we closer to our children and grandchildren, but uh, he wanted us to be involved with what he's stirring up in Central Texas. So uh, we're grateful for that. Grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> Suzanne and I are kind of based in a church in San Marcos, Texas. And uh, we have been put on the prayer team. So at the end of the service, much like you do here, uh, a number of us come forward and then anybody that wants prayer can come forward. So a number of weeks ago, uh, one of the ladies in the church, she and her husband own a barbecue place, and uh, they brought one of their employees up for prayer. It was for her first time in the church, and she came up weeping because she had just been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And with her was her grown daughter, who had just been diagnosed with a degenerative eye disease, and the doctors told her, You're gonna lose your eyesight. So both of these ladies came up and Suzanne and I began to pray first for the mother. Her name was Renee. Or her name is Renee. And uh and, and so we just man we went after cancer, we're calling down the healing of Jesus and we're just, you know, surrounding her with the Holy Spirit, and we just went for it for, I don't know, seconds or minutes or whatever. We finished and said, Amen. I turned my attention to the daughter Suzanne gave a few more wor- uh, got a few more words with the mother and realized that the cancer uh, that the brain tumor was not cancerous it was benign but they were concerned because it was growing and just the impingement on the brain so Suzanne apologized said I'm so sorry we prayed the wrong prayer uh you know we'd love you we'd bless you and whatever so then we turned to the daughter and we begin to pray for her. So I prayed for her for about a couple of minutes, put my hands on her eyes, prayed for her for a couple of seconds. And, and, and then I stepped back and I said, are you thinking anything? Are you feeling anything? And she said, I am trembling all over. I said, good sign. We'll pray again. So we prayed a second time. All right. So we were finished praying for these ladies. I turned back to the mother and I said, when are you going back to the doctor? And she said, tomorrow. And I said, would you call somebody at the church once you co- go back to the doctor and see if there's any change? Three days later, on a Wednesday morning, I get a phone call from the pastor of the church. And Joel calls me and he said, you know those ladies you prayed for Sunday? I said, yes. And he said, well, the the, the mother went back and there's no tumor. Okay? the The daughter says that ever since you all prayed for her, every day her eyesight has improved. Okay? So, here it is. We prayed the wrong prayer, God healed. We prayed the wrong prayer, and God healed. And that ties in with what I want to speak with you about this morning, and that is, look, this is really all about God. It's really all about Him. Sometimes, sometimes we let it be about us. Sometimes we let all of the wonderful things that He's doing take the place and put Him backstage and we focus on the, the worship, the prayers, the healings, the deliverances, the salvations. Look, I, I am more than into all of those things. If you read my books, they're peppered with stories about what God has done. And I mean, we have seen just about everything except the dead raised. And I'm 0 for 5, but I'm going for it the next time. You know? And I have some friends that have seen the dead raised. Alright? So there's nothing impossible with him. You know that. You know that. Alright. Romans 11.36 says this. Says this. Paul has just gone through three chapters about talking about God's continuing heart for Israel. And he talks about the the manifold wisdom of God. And then in Romans 11.36 he says this. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Have you ever stopped and thought about that for a few minutes? From Him are all things. From God are all things. All things. Everything that, that you experience are fr- is from Him. He is in charge of your life. He's in charge of the circumstances, even the tough ones. All things are from God. All things are from God. I wish we could just stop and meditate on that for several minutes. All things are from God. All things are through Him. You know, that healing that took place in that lady's life wasn't through me. It wasn't through Suzanne. It was through him. Because we prayed the wrong prayer. It was through Him. Every bite of food that you eat is through Him. No, no, no. You say, well, I work for it. Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the brains to work for it? All things are through Him. All of the gifts of the Spirit, they're through Him. All healing, deliverance, salvation, reconciliation, it's through Him. He does it. We don't. We just cooperate. And then all things are to Him. All things are to Him. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I want us to focus on what about, what God is about in all of these things. And what is what He's about is Himself. He's about Himself. First of all, When it's about God, it's about His glory. We sang about it this morning. It's about His glory. I'm going to read to you a very familiar passage from Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Now, this is interesting because in the Greek text of Ephesians 1, Paul takes a very, very deep breath and he just starts spouting out one long sentence until we get to verse 14. Verses 3-14 through 14 is one long sentence. Uh, we break it up just to make it a little more understandable. And so I'm not going to try to make it one long sentence this morning. Verse 3, Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose Him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him "...with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of time, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we who are the first hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory... In Him, you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Have you ever read it that way? His, Him, Him, Himself, He. It's about him. We get the benefit. I mean, Paul's talking about the benefit every spiritual blessing we get, but it's about what he's done. It's what he's doing. It's what he's purposed, and it's to his glory. All of it is. All of it is. Incidentally, you know, years ago, uh, I sat down the I was I was getting ready to pray, and the Lord brought this passage and one other passage in Second Peter one to my mind. And here it says we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In second Peter one it says we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. So I thought, okay, if I've been given every spiritual blessing, and I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, what do I ask for? It changed my prayer life. You know what? I don't ask for very many things anymore. I mean I ask for things for other people, but for myself, I don't ask this is my prayer for myself. Lord, help me access what You've already given me. There is a huge warehouse of resources, many of which are untouched by us. Because we think we have to do something for it. It's all to the praise of His glory. What's glory? You probably know this on your own study, or you know, Pastor Steve's probably preached about it, or you've read, you know, C. S. Lewis's the weight of glory. Glory, especially the Old Testament word for glory, kavod, it means weightiness. It means heavy it means importance. It means value. Weightiness. Value. Something worthy of our attention. Worthy of our attention. So when we say we give him Glory. We are saying we value you above everything else. Everything else. There's an old hymn that says, "You know, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look one, look uh, full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace." You know, there are so many things. In my life, that I thought mattered, they really don't matter anymore. In the light of His glory and grace, <clears throat> listen to just a few other verses about His glory. First Corinthians ten thirteen: Whatever you do, do for His glory, do to the glory of God. you think about when that when you go to work during the week? I'm doing this to the glory of God. I'm going to go shop at the local supermarket. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. I'm going to sit here and pump my gas to the glory of God. Whatever you do. That's what it says. Philippians 3.3, Paul says, We are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God, Who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. What does it mean to glory in Christ Jesus? It means I put my focus and I start bragging about Him. I begin to get revelation of who Jesus Christ is by looking into His face. I don't want to get off too much on a rabbit trail, but it says in Psalm 1611, it says... For in your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. I was meditating on the first part of that verse one day. In your presence is the fullness of joy. The Old Testament word presence that's translated in English presence is the Hebrew word panim, P-A-N-I-M, and it is the plural form of face. What David is saying is, in your faces is the fullness of joy. It's one of those innuendos of the Trinity in the Old Testament. In your faces are the fullness of joy. And I started thinking about Yes, I, I, I've experienced that on, on, on many occasions of being in the presence of the Lord. Maybe, maybe you did as we were worshiping here th- this morning. I'm getting it right now. You may, you may have to have somebody catch me in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> But then I realized something. I realized something. It's not just my joy that's in His presence. It's His joy being in my presence. When we're in His presence, oh my gosh. You know, those of you that, that, that have children, those of us that have grandchildren, when our children and our grandchildren are in our presence, I have a lot of joy. Well, most of the time. your presence is the fullness of joy it's in your presence that i experience that i don't know where to insert this and in, in my speaking here but i have four great passions in my life right now this stage of my life one is his presence i want to always know and be aware I want my spiritual senses to be heightened. That's what I wrote about in that book, "Deep From Deep Within. I want my spiritual senses heightened all of the time to know His presence. I walk into a target. I walk in. I don't do this all the time, but I walk in and I go, God, what are you doing here? Where can I participate? I know you're here. One of my mentors, a guy named John Wimber, was at a supermarket once and and, uh, there was just one checker at the, at the checkout stand, so either there was a long line, and usually, in that situation, I'd get kinda impatient and irritated, but he, he was standing there and he goes, you know what, I'm just gonna worship. So he closes his eyes and just comes into the presence of the Lord. And he's just there and there, and for, you know, I don't know how long it was, but all of a sudden he kinda opens his eyes a little bit, and the lady in front of him is going like, like this. And he just leans over and smiles and he goes, He feels really good, doesn't he? Presence. Second great passion is he communicates with us. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Do we, do I, give as much time in my prayer time to listening as I do talking? You already hear God. (laughs) Communication. Third is, He's supernatural. He's just as supernatural as in this book. Maybe in our day, maybe even more. Jesus said we'd do greater things. Greater things. Nothing's impossible with Him. We've seen Him multiply food at least twice, maybe three times. We've seen we've seen him turn to- tornadoes away twice. There's nothing impossible with him. There's no person far enough away from him that he cannot bring back. Supernatural presence, communication. Supernatural. And the fourth is, passion of mine right now, spiritual fathering. I love it that we have a whole crew of Gen X and Gen Z being stirred up with passion for Jesus. But a lot of them need fathering and mothering. They really do. And if you've walked with the Lord a ways, you may be a candidate to be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. And if you or sitting there and you say, "Well, I'm disqualified." Your disqualification makes you qualified. Because if you think you're disqualified, God said, "I got something to work with." And you know what? These younger people, they need to they need to know as much about your failures as they do about your successes. What have you what have you done about your failures? Have you learned from them? Did you, when you got knocked down, did you get back up? Well, I kind of got off on that a little bit. But listen to this about the glory of God. In John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, he starts it off by saying, Father, glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. Even the Son glorifies God. Even the Son glorifies the Father. And he says in the upper room discourse that the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. Even the Trinity is sitting there Giving glory to one another. I want to get in on that. I want to get in on that. It's all about him, it's about his glory. Secondly, it's all about his praise. Did you notice when I read Ephesians one three times in that long sentence, Paul puts in there to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. Praise is recognition. Of Him. It's the recognition of who He is, of what He's doing, of His activity. It's the recognition of His importance. I recognize you, God. When I praise you, I am aware of your greatness and of your goodness. It's lifting up God in our estimation. Have you ever had praise change your emotions? You've got a good precedent. Just read a few of the Psalms. Some of those Psalms, David starts out, man, he is out there or down there. He's in the pit. He's angry or he's scared or he's frustrated. He's calling out for deliverance from his enemies. But a lot of those Psalms, man, he's praising the Lord at the end of it. How did he get there? He started reflecting. He started lifting his eyes up off the circumstance and putting it. Do you know that in the Hebrew language there's no word for circumstance? So how do I get inspiration to praise Him? Read the Psalms. There's a lot in there. And we can praise Him for His Word. We can praise Him for His power. We can praise Him for, we can praise Him individually. We can praise Him corporately. I will praise you in the midst of the righteous, the psalmist says. I can praise it, pray, I, I can take the admonition of the psalmist and I can praise Him all day long. All day long. Take opportunity to do that. It's throughout your day. Even if you go digital and put it on your phone, alarm. You know, pull up that alarm and it says, praise Him. Oh, praise You, Lord. Praise You. It says, let the people praise You. Let let all the peoples praise You. Get inspiration from worship. From worship music. To praise Him. You know, I hope when... When your wonderful worship team up here singing these songs and everything, you're not a spectator. You're a participant. You say, well, I can't sing. My, my wife and I and our three children, when they were little, we went to spend a summer in the Philippines on the southern island of Mindanao in the Philippines. And she was asked to come to speak to a women's group. And when they got there, uh, they uh, invited her to lead them in singing, right? To lead them in singing. Suzanne looked to this lady and she said, "I don't sing." And the lady looked at her like, "Look, you're talking. You can talk. It doesn't sing. Sing on tune. When it says sing, sing to the Lord. It doesn't say sing on tune. It says sing. Huh? Joyful noise. That's right. Sometimes it is noise, but to him, it's joyful." Um, I think I, I love the Passion translation, and a lot of times I spend my devotional in it. And uh, you know those Psalms that says, "Sing unto the Lord a new song." One of the footnotes that Brian Simmons makes on one of those one of those uh, passages, one of those phrases, is that every new work of God deserves a new song. Every work of God deserves a new song. So if He does something in your life, just put it just put it into a little song. Sing him a new song. Praise him. Praise him. And then ask him what to, what to, uh, what to praise. He'll let you know. So it's all about, it's all about his glory. It's all about his praise. And it's all about thanking him. There's a difference between praise and thanksgiving. And often they're combined together as I think they're supposed to go together. Praise says, God, you're really, really great. Thanksgiving says, and you've done a good work. (laughs) You're really, really great, and you've done a great job. 1 Thessalonians 5, you know, the verse says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A lot of times people say, well, what's God's will for me? This is one of the places where it's very clear. Give thanks in everything. My wife says that sometimes you say thank you, God, and sometimes you say the th, 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 thank you. A little harder. But it says in everything. It says in everything give thanks. Ask him to sensitize you to what to give what to give thanks for. I thank Him for my salvation. I thank Him for the Word of God. I thank Him for giving me the Holy Spirit. I thank Him for my wife and my children and my grandchildren. I thank Him for friends. I thank Him for ministry opportunities. I thank Him for the measure of health that He's given me. I thank Him for allowing me to participate in the kingdom ministry that He has allowed in all these stories that I get to tell because I have experienced the kingdom with Him and giving Him the glory and the praise and the thanks For Him doing it all. I thank Him for delivering me from myself. I'm still being saved. I don't know about you. I was saved. I am being saved. And I will be. My friend Dudley Hall said that about once a week, he calls a good friend of his and says, preach the gospel to me again. He's been in ministry longer than I have. We need to hear that again. Thank God for our salvation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gratitude changes us. Being thankful changes us. It really shifts us. Uh, uh, when I was up... In the Dallas, we came back to visit in June, and I was preaching at another church. And the title of my message was "The Theology of Abundance." The theology of abundance, and I and I started off that message by saying, "It's been my concern over the last decades or so that I talk to a lot of Christians, and they're operating out of a theology of lack. I don't have this, and I don't have this, and God haven't hadn't given me this, and." I'm crying out to God to give me this and this and this and this. And I don't know if you all remember the old movie, What About Bob? But Bob was going, I want, I need, I want, I need. And sometimes we, we, we get into that, we get into that mode. But look, again, if I've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. How can I say that I lack? There's an abundance. An abundance that He's given us, and as I begin to focus on that, I things change in my life. My thinking changes, my emotions change, my decisions change, my relationships change. Thankfulness enriches me, and it can physically make you healthier. And I'm convinced we're supposed to live. And thankfulness. It's really all about God, folks. It's really all about Him. I need to be careful to not make it about me. Revelation 4, 9-11. through And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne I want you to just, everyone, if you can, just right now, just focus on the Lord. And and maybe out of these three things that I mentioned, giving Him glory, giving Him praise, or giving Him thanks, maybe just one of those three you can focus on for a minute. And in His presence right now, I hope you came to encounter Him, not just to listen to me. In his presence right now, either just appreciate his glory or praise him or just give him thanks for four or five things in your life right now. Father, we do declare the truth that it's all about you. Come Holy Spirit. Magnify the Son and the Father to us. Reveal more of who you are and how you work. Of your love for us. We do find joy in your presence, Lord. Thank you that you have joy in ours. We do to see you work Lord and we love it that you allow us to participate with you come and have your way come and have your way